Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're going to be talking about voting. Hey, so get out your ballots. And let's get civical. Hey, everybody. Today's episode, we're talking about voting and voter turnout. And we have a special guest with us today. Our guest is Mike Houston. He is a New York actor, plays Lee Dixon on the show Orange is the New Black. And he's from Colorado. So I'm sure he'll tell us, you know, a little bit about that and his background. But yeah, so welcome, Mike. Thank you. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with like the history of turnout or what? Let's just talk about, yeah, let's start with history of turnout and let's define what turnout is because there are a couple of different ways three there are three i love it um which are (laughs) which are so you can talk about turnout in terms of percentage of a voting age population so the people who are just by virtue of how old they are they can vote if they're over 18 you could go to a to a poll and vote and then you're talking about the, the next kind of you know if you're thinking about it in terms of a pyramid the next block up would be voting eligible population. So that's, you're old enough. Um, in some states, you haven't committed a crime or a felony. You know, there's other kind of parameters, but you're, you're, there's another eligibility line that you've, you've been, you haven't crossed and you're in that kind of middle block. And then at the top of the pyramid is your registered voter segment. And that's obviously a much smaller portion of the population. Um, Can I ask you a question no. about, great. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, about, I'm so um, open in here. I know, right? I love the open dialogue. I literally. Ask, ask me anything. Great. When it comes about eligibility, because you said, is being a felon makes you ineligible. That's a by state thing? That's by state. Mm-hmm. That's literally so, the. I know, I know. And I wish. It like, makes me so angry. It's very maddening. The fact that this is like a state's rights thing. I mean, the, the prison system and the fact that it's like so privatized and so by state, right. like drives me insane. It makes 100% zero sense to me. And this is one of those things where I'm like, this is, this should be a federal thing where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a convicted felon, you know, say it's like after what? Three years after your prison sentence, it doesn't matter. You be you get your right to vote back. Yeah. Like that's it. How the how the government, any government, state or federal, can continue to punish you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know where that is backed up in any kind of. I feel like it's cruel and unusual. Dare I say? A fed, like not having a federal check and balance on this, but that's you know we were talking a little beforehand. It's it was there, 
mm-hmm. the, the Voting Rights Act was right, there right, right. to ensure that states that had a history of discriminating uh, or of discrimination and, and, and racist policies, you know, would be required anytime they wanted to change anything in their state's voting right. uh, structures would have to be to go to the Department of Justice and, and there's a whole there was a whole you know yeah so it makes it's curious if that would be something that would this would qualify for you know like, and like, you know yeah. hopefully I'm just like how can it not but then like I you know. know of course I could, like I understand how it could not because of who's currently in power right now you know they just just like won't I, I thought that was actually a, a federal thing. Mm-hmm. I really did. I thought Which if you serve prison, if you served time in prison, mm-hmm. you lost your right to vote. Yeah, I thought so too. Right. I'm just discovering and, this now. And just admitting my, my naivete and and how awful of a thought that was. Like, then why wouldn't I fight that? Yeah. Oh yeah. If I've all been living my whole life going, oh that's terrible. Why does it matter now? And it matters when now I thought it applied to because, everybody. Well, and now because. The world has happened, and, yeah. and and it's opened my eyes. It's opened eyes of so many that that have been making huge, huge mistakes. Yeah, at the expense of a lot of people, a lot of underrepresented, oppressed communities. Yeah, you know that. Are like, I'm I'm sure there's like lukewarm, like cool. I'm glad you're figuring it out now. Uh, yeah. A little late in the game, but like, let's let's at least try, you know. Right. But to to think that like, oh, I just thought it was national, and now I hear that it's not, but it's in states, and now I'm like, that's crazy. Why did we ever allow that? I'm just thankful that I, you know, at the age of 42, am seeing that now. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, that's why I think getting those young voters is is the key. Everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not to take it off topic. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> It's all on topic. All on topic. <laughs> all on topic. But going back to turnout and talking about age, because mm-hmm. um, that's another one of the sort of qualifications. Um, so, yeah, you can start voting at the age of 18. However, like, turnout, the people, the demographic of people who vote the most are, what, over 60, over 50-year-olds? It's their older, white, upper, middle and upper class folk. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the turnout for... The youth, the young people, mm-hmm. is low because I'm young because, you know, like, I'm just going to college and, like, you know, I'm, I just, I have exams. Or just oh. this feeling of, like, distance. It doesn't affect me. Like, yeah. we, you know, it's abstract. I feel like I'm lucky to have been one of the people, like, a young person who voted the day that I, like, the first election that I could vote and I voted in. Mm. Um, and I voted pretty frequently. I've missed some midterms, but I voted pretty frequently since I was 18 because mm-hmm. my mom worked for the federal government. She was part of a union. Her friend was mm-hmm. the head of a, a, the AFSCME, which is like the federal, the government employees union, mm-hmm. um, for the local chapter uh, where they worked. And so it was, I was around people who knew government and who knew how to talk about things mm-hmm. and who knew that it was important. Um, but that, like, the importance of voting and the importance of, you know, your civic duty or whatever you want to call it shouldn't just be because you have a family member in a union. Yeah. Because I, I was like you mm-hmm. and I started voting when I was 18, but I, I wasn't an informed voter by any sense mm-hmm. of the word. I just showed up yeah. to vote. And I think my first election was like a, like a basic midterm, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Texas. And I was just like, well, 
I don't know what a railroad commissioner is, <laughs> but I'll go with this guy, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, or I would like vote along party line. You know, yeah. I never, I still do that like, in New York when they're like, pick nine judges. Right. And I, I literally, I do the Kathleen Madigan thing, which is like all the women get in. I'm just going to do her <laughs> bit straight out. All the women get in. This looks like a nice Latino dude. Like yeah, I yeah. just go through and, you know, pick people who seem, cause how there's no, sometimes there's no campaigning. And so right. you're showing yeah. up and you're like, I don't know what you do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard. And, and be, I think that, you know, I'd be surprised uh, moving forward if we don't see more, um, I don't want to say, you know, maybe not traditional campaigning, but but I know as a voter from moving forward, anytime that there's a position that is elected, I want to know who that person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know what their voting record is, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, if there's someone in government already, I want to know where they're coming from. And, and you know, again, I, I can honestly say I, I won't go at it from... A liberal bias, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing something that's helping the people of where I, wherever I am, mm-hmm. where I'm living, and if that means, like, if I'm living in a community in Queens um, that is a majority Asian American, uh, a majority, or, 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 you know, a small minority Asian American, small minority Black American, uh, Latinx in my community, then I'm going to vote for someone that is going to keep us all in the same yeah. right. path forward, you right. know? And so if you are conservative and your policies seem specifically focused on, you know, revenues, but that that's going to hurt people on, that are low income and, and we have a huge group of low income families in my neighborhood, then I'm not, right. not going to vote for you. Like, yeah. right. But that's why you, you we depend on you know, groups like the Workers' Family Party, yeah. and, you know, and, and different groups that, that they have specific staffs that do the work to, to break this down to say, here's why we support this candidate. Yeah. You right. know, yeah. they do make it a little easier because it's 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 a ton of work and it's, it's not so that much. we should be doing the work. It's just that obviously, you know, everyone is doing other things too. Right. Um, and when you have these elections, if you want really thorough, now the, the good news is that it's, always there for you to to do your own work on mm-hmm, it. and i right. think moving forward you know as someone that's not 60 you know as someone who's in their 40s you know i'm going to be hyper aware of it yeah. from this point forward yeah. um you know it's interesting we talk about the how we reach the older versus the younger voters and why the turnout might be higher you know it i, I never realized thought about my father as a voter, like, when was he going to the polls, you know? And mm-hmm. he didn't talk about politics at our house. Like, yeah. never, this was never really a conversation at my the age that I'm at now when he was in his 40s, you know? And, and as they've gotten older, you know, I think that what we have seen is that, again, there wasn't this... Or it could have been. I don't know about you guys and your parents, but, like, I don't remember ever having my parents together with a, a game night, whatever, <laughs> uh, with their friends and yeah. hearing them talk about politics. No, I don't remember that at all. You know, I, yeah. I, I remember them talking about sports and, you know, current events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but nothing like, where's the, what direction is this country going, that that kind of yeah. stuff. And so, you know, I, it's interesting thinking back when, when I was, you know, in my 20s and my 30s and, and the number of midterms that came by and, and, and that I wasn't, 
specifically paying attention to it, I also think about where I was in my life and, and you know some of that was in college and, and I think it would have been incredibly helpful uh, and, I, and that's we were talking a little earlier about uh, you know Rock the Vote when MTV yeah. got involved mm-hmm. in the 90s I really think that Oh, that was huge. I mean, I think that's why Bill Clinton was elected, was because of that. You know, like trying to make, trying to make the president cool. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, he did play guitar. Uh, play no, guitar. it was saxophone. A saxophone. That's what it was. He played saxophone. Saxophone. He did this. I'll never forget. He did Arsenio Hall. He did the talk show Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Got up there and played a saxophone. I mean, he did it everywhere. Anyway, if you just had someone telling them, like, here's really what's at risk right, right now. Moving forward in these elections, here's what literally will impact your life. Yeah. Because young, when I was young, I didn't think anything was going to impact. I, what was impactful was could I pay my rent? Right. That that was what impacted me. Right. Um, and sadly, could I go out with my buddies tomorrow night? Do I have the money to do that? You know that kind right, of thing. Right, right, right. Absolutely. If you can get in my face a little bit, and though yeah. this isn't. We're not joking. Like this really is going to affect you, right? Uh, here's how you know, and it's the here's how is here's how <laughs> you got to get your hook in, and yeah. then you're hopefully you know, but but real just amazing. to get the hook. Well, that's how I feel. Like one of the things that one of the reasons young people don't vote is because the policies that these people talk about right. doesn't necessarily affect their day to day. So even though you might. You know, if you're going to vote for a Democrat because you're against a border wall, mm-hmm. that's one issue. And that might be somebody's one issue. Mm-hmm. But a lot of stuff happens. You know, there's a lot of voting that happens around the economy. And mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, impactful for Clinton. And I think that I'm going to show my partisan colors here. I think the Democrats miss an opportunity when they they're not really talking about economics anymore. Mm-hmm. No. And I think that's a major misstep. Um, particularly around like minimum wage, mm-hmm. real student loan reform. Mm-hmm. Like if you put a if you put on the platform a policy that addressed student loan debt in a real way that it would affect people's wages and income and standard of life in a real way, mm-hmm. which would effectively be a minimum wage ballot initiative, and put that on the on the platform and put a presidential candidate who approved that, mm-hmm. I think you would see like record numbers and turnout of young people. I think that part of the problem is that when you're talking about Medicare and Medicaid and health healthcare costs, now that young people stay on their parents' health insurance, it's which is great. I'm not saying that's that's excellent but it only then puts it further back in their mind of i don't have to pay attention to that because i will have health insurance until i'm 26 and at that point i'll be you know making a six-figure salary yeah like you think you are when you're 18 years old (laughs) right like that's where they gotta that's that's where we had the truth tellers to show up and say listen man it's not gonna happen (laughs) ambition is great ambition's awesome um (laughs) however i just want to remind you you live in the united states of america where dreams are awesome and attainable if you look a very specific way and come from a very specific background. Like yeah. you can do anything you want because you can tell that to anybody and they, they will accomplish a lot. But then at some point they hit a moment where, no, the system was set up to ensure that you don't get the most out of this. Yeah, right. um, and so it's, the, it's that struggle. But right. yeah, so young, getting to the young getting voters the and young that messaging. Goal. Yeah. And what, I don't know, Twitter, maybe, maybe yeah. Snapchat's the way. Maybe, maybe we just. Are we just falling on the point that Snapchat yeah, is this, the yeah. way Snapchat is the way to go. I'll do it's whatever. the wave of the revolution. <laughs> it's like nothing is too, you know, simple for me. 
So let's talk a little bit more as I get closer to the microphone. Let's talk about um, some things that affect somebody's ability or desire to go vote. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because one of the, the things that we've been talking about so far are how to reach people and how people what the system does to encourage or discourage people from voting. Um, and I think one of the things that deserves more time and attention to the conversation is what affects somebody's ability to turn out to vote. So I'm just going to give credit where credit is due. This is from um, Robert Erickson, who's a professor at Columbia. I literally pulled my undergraduate notes out for this class, or for this podcast. This is also um, a class. This is also a class. Hope you've been taking notes. So Robert Robert Erickson studies like voter, everything voter-related, voter demographics, voter turnout. And he wrote this like, little equation, which I think is brilliant. It's basically voting equals somebody's probability uh, that your vote decides the election times your benefit from your side winning minus cost plus duty. So your probability that the vote decides the election, I think, is really, if you look at midterm votes, and especially in the states, there are districts that are very close that are, you know, they, people keep saying that knife's edge. I've heard yeah. that in lots of podcasts that I listen to is <laughs> this like knife edge, you know, voter turnout, who's going to yeah. come and how can we, you know, flip that one way or the other. And I think that's, you know, the more likely that pe- somebody sees that it is kind of this pivotal point mm-hmm. that that it will push more people to come out and vote. So that's, you know, that's why if you feel like your vote is important, you will go vote. I think it's also that speaks a lot to why New York. I mean, there are lots of reasons why New York's voter turnout rate is so piss poor. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, you know, in, in New York, it doesn't you. Ha- the thing that matters is, especially in the boroughs, is. Uh, the primary election. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. And you have to be registered with that party and you have to have been registered with, registered with that party for 10 months before the election. Yeah. And so you're going, you know, that alone reduces your voice in your elected government. Because then by the time you get to the general, most people are going to vote for a Democrat anyway, and they might be voting for somebody who doesn't really represent them, but they didn't, you know, they weren't aware that they had to send in a paper 10 months ago. And so now, you know, they're voting for somebody who isn't their first choice. Right. So this is where, like, mm-hmm. in this equation, just to say the the very fun equation again, <laughs> is like a vote, right? Somebody voting is a combination of the probability that their vote decides the election, the benefit of your side winning. We can talk about that, but I feel like it's pretty... Mm-hmm. It's self-explanatory, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're a Republican and you think that there's a chance that the Democrat might come out and and you feel a sense in your community that the Democrat might win, it increases your chance to go and vote for the Republican candidate, even if you don't happen to like that person all that much. That's your team. That's who you go with. So that's like mm-hmm. the benefit of your side winning. Cost comes in a lot of different formats, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that and, you know, people get the day off school or the day off work to go vote really matters, especially if their state only has one day of voting mm-hmm. like they do in New York. The fact, you know, if you have weekend voting or early voting or like in Oregon, you can literally it's by mail. All of it? All of it. Wow. It just goes, you fill it out and it goes in and that's how you vote. The cost is low, super low. And so their turnout is higher. And then, of course, you know, it's different throughout communities. Like, you know, if you work, uh, you know, an hourly job at a restaurant, you know, if you're a busser or, you know, whatever it is, and you want to go vote, 
it costs you actual wages yeah. to go out and vote, and that disproportionately affects communities of color and lower income communities. It also affects, you know, you might not know when the election is if you don't have access to things like if you don't have the internet at home, yeah, or if you or don't your have, polling station or, is exactly you have to look it up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. not an e- it's not an easy thing to find if you don't have a computer. Oh yeah, and which like there are millions and millions of people who do not have access to a computer, which I think is probably like I'm not exaggerating that. You know, no, I'm not being I, hyperbolic, I'm, but I, I think people think that we're being hyperbolic sometimes when we say that. It's no, like no, no, no that's I'm, actually the reality. I'm very tech savvy. Like I pride myself on it, mm-hmm. and to find my polling district, you know, when you go to the polling place here in New York, you walk in and there's a number of different districts. Mm-hmm. You know, to find it, there is a website, and you go to the website and it clicks you, clicks you here, clicks you here. And I mean, it took me a few minutes to really sort out like where I was trying to find this number. Right. And. You know, I, I do knock older people. I, I go a little crazy when older people are like, ah, it's too much to learn. You know, it's like, no, it's not too much to learn. It's, you're just lazy. Um, <laughs> but something like that, it, it, it does, if it's if it's tough for me, then it's definitely going to be tough for someone, a senior, who doesn't know their, yeah. their district number specifically, you know. So, yeah, it, it impedes immediately. And that's on people that have access to smartphones. Right. You know, I have an iPhone and... and you know, I have a phone that can pretty much tell me all that stuff pretty easily. You know, if you're not carrying the most up-to-date smartphone out there, you know, some of these phones are more practical for what they're supposed to be used for, which is phone calls. You know, they're not meant to set up, you know, different bookmarks and all this stuff to have this stuff sorted out on right. your phone. If you even have a plan that you can afford that allows you the data to do that stuff. Like, right. That's a cost, right? To your point, you know, and so it's how do we get those people? How do they? How did they figure it out? You know, it's right. like well, that's like there's a um, there was a story about I forget where it was, uh, but there was a bus of people uh, like older oh, yeah, in Georgia, uh, in Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. senior citizens. I think it was Jefferson County. I think is the name of the county. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It yeah. is unbelievable. It's it's it's, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was the, a group of of senior citizens, you know, black senior citizens who showed up at their polling place to vote, and um, and they were turned away. They said they couldn't come, and it's like that's. They weren't even allowed to get on the. They were on the bus to leave the senior center, and they said, "Don't come." And the come. federal like officials came on to the bus and said, yeah. "You have to disembark. Like you can't. We're not taking you to the vote because someone." I mean, I don't mean to take over this story, but... It, no, it, no, please this, do. Uh, it makes me really angry. Um, someone saw that this was happening, that these senior citizens were getting on this bus. And the bus says on the side, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Black Votes Matter or, or something um, to, to, you know, show that this was a, a, a group effort to get these folks to be able to go vote. And someone called local officials to say that this was happening. Like an anonymous caller, they never, you know. But then, of course, then um, then they call the clerk, the county clerk, to say this is happening. And then it's determined that this is a political action um, against county lo- rules. Because um, it was an organized political activity and it's like, 
so they shut it down, said he can't do it. And it, it just blew, it just, it was just obvious. Oh, totally. A racist tactic. Yeah. That person made that phone call, yeah. knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And using, again, probably some antiquated bullshit state or county law that they have. Mm-hmm. Again, this is why it's important for all of us to know what laws are on our books in our counties. You know, that they were, and that by law, they were right that they couldn't go do this, you know, and... To say it was a political activity just because the group that had the bus wasn't necessarily from there. Is that why? Is that yeah, why I think that's what it, it was. I think they, they were like, because now it's a political, it's essentially like an assembly. Right, right. Oh, oh You know, and so it's like, it's what? they were just literally just trying to get them to the they're point. trying to get them to vote. To they're be tr- able to vote. Right. That their right to vote. They were getting them. It's like, so if I had just called a party bus. That would have been okay. From with a local, you, you know, what yeah. would you have done then? I'm just curious, you know. Right. That's and they're trying to cut down on the cost of voting. That's what they're trying to do. They're yeah. trying to get these people to the polls and to and That's and it. to cut down on the and on the amount of effort that it takes for them to get there and to do so mm-hmm. in a state that already is trying <laughs> to yeah. shut down their voting rights. And here yeah. it is again. And that's you know. It just goes back to your point, Mike, about the Voting Rights Act and the Supreme Court. And, well, right. And, you know, would Georgia have been allowed to do that, you know, under the, I mean, if it's a county law, I don't know if that right, is even, even that covered place, under the, yeah. you know, because it, it was a state's thing. But if it, let's say it wasn't, let's hypothetically, let's yeah. say it was a state law that was, you know, that was put away, be, that was voted out because of the Voting Rights Act. And then once they got rid of that again... Georgia was like, well, now we'll just leave it up to the state assembly. And the state assembly is ridiculously red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And rural Republican. Like, so they're, they're in charge. That's why, that's why you have the Secretary of State running for governor yeah. legally. The guy that actually has control over voter rolls. Yeah. And registration. Yeah. Like, and still does and still as does. he's like, running. While he's running for yeah. an office, it's, it, you know, because there, there's no check on that. No. You know, that wasn't there. And then the Voting Rights Act was struck down by the Supreme Court. And it's like, well, now when states can just, if, they're, if their state legislature says yes, then it's a yes. And they don't have to talk to the Department of Justice say, yeah, we know we've had policies around for two centuries in which it was literally determined and put in place to keep black people from voting. You know, they don't have that check anymore. No, there's and nothing so preventing them. That's a huge them. cost. Yeah, huge cost. That's the part of, that part of the equation of the cost, cost right. is, you know, what does it take for an individual to be able to go and, and, and vote? And... That's where, you know, voter ID laws, you know, like a, yeah. a signature, like a comparing mm-hmm. signature law, like all of those things come into place. It's all trying to, they all, all of those types of laws want to increase the cost of voting yep. so people don't go vote. And sometimes that's enough. Like if the cost of voting is enough to keep somebody, even if the probability that the election, that their vote could matter, there's probably a higher, there's a higher probability that those costs will be, could be higher for that individual. Right. And according to your, the, to this, this formula, you know, you subtract that cost from the probability. Right. And if you're with a negative number. Yeah. You're, you don't vote. You're not voting. You're not voting. So the last part of this equation is that you add in like this sense of duty, which is mm. kind of what we've been talking about mm. um, without giving it a name. 
this like sense of, of duty to go vote, to make sure that your community is represented, to make sure that your voice is heard. And that's, you know, different per person. And I think that's what a lot of people, especially on the, I think both parties try to appeal to that. It's just a, a, sense, of a sense of duty, but a sense of duty to what and to <laughs> right. whom. Yeah. Right? Like right. both parties do make that appeal. Yeah. Yeah. But I also feel like this is where we lose a bit of our, our younger voters because the sense of duty, I think, is what we were talking about earlier, where they don't necessarily feel that yet because it's not impacting. Mm. You know, it's like I don't, I don't, the only thing I have duty for is to like, you know, make it to tomorrow, mm. you know, and, and that's, and that's okay. It's okay that they feel that way because I do think that like, you're still growing up when you're 18 years old. Mm. You're still a teenager, but you miss. I think. I think this obligation to vote is is why we miss the younger voters. Sometimes. Well, and and you know, I think, you know, one of the things that the majority of of white America, uh, specifically, you know, middle to upper income America, um, has never really faced. It still doesn't to a degree specifically male like mm-hmm. is any sort of oppression where yeah. it's a yeah like you know if you think about countries that are on the brink of civil war uh, you know you know we've never in that demographic which unfortunately makes up a lot of the population has never been faced with a challenge in which there's something at risk in terms of the democracy of the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never felt like our democracy is being threatened. And I'll be honest, even in college, if you were in my face, if you were trying to tell me, listen, democracy's literally on the line right now, I'd be like, ah, okay, what, like, does what does that, that mean? mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, it's unfortunate. You know, someone's, I've had friends that have made, very strong arguments that we need to reintroduce civics back into uh, <laughs> secondary education, uh, high school specifically, oh, yeah. you know, to really just a basic lesson of like, hey, here's the Constitution of the United States. Here's why it's important. Here's why what the ideal of this Constitution is. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not there, but this is the ideal and this is what you strive for. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, but like, 100%. if you don't, because these kids, because if we don't know, I mean, I know now, right? And and it's crystal clear to me that our democracy is literally under attack and up for grabs. We are in a dangerous place right now. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, how do you tell a kid in college? To, to understand, like, and the only way I can think about that, right, is to use examples yeah, of, right. you know, I know it doesn't seem like it's that bad, but, you know, let's just talk about what ethics are. Yeah, right. What, what ethics in government is right. and and what we're seeing on a daily basis. And and take, take everybody out of it except for the president and just talk about the president and say, like, you know, he lies, he lies, he lies, he lies, he lies. And... There's examples of it left and right, left and right, left and right. Um, you know, that that in itself is dangerous for democracy because once that person has the power of, of the entire party and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. it's just trying to give them a sense of what American politics looks like right now. And that, yeah, and, and immediately admitting that it's so f- 
fucking flawed. Yeah. Right. It you is know? from day one. Right. Like that we need to fix our whole system. Right. But you can be part of that and you and, and somehow it's it's trying to get them to understand like it really yeah. is that important right now. You know, I have um uh, a, a step niece uh who's in her you know, early twenties and and, mm-hmm. and I know she's a she's a fighter and like I know she's involved. Um you know, the idea is trying to say, Cool, are you telling ten of your friends right. to go vote as well? Right. You know, are you guys talking about this stuff? Also, for anyone listening to this, if you want to get into politics, stay local and and because that's where the fight really happens. Yeah. Unless you need to go somewhere where your financial epicenter exists. Trust me, if there was a film industry or television industry in Colorado Springs, Colorado, I would be there. It's a beautiful place to grow up. Yeah. It is gorgeous. The weather is wonderful. The people are great. It's just a little too conservative for my taste. And I would love to at least let my voice be heard there. Mm-hmm. But man, I can't I can't do the do what I do there right now. That's the only reason. So if you can they will move the show to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's starting a TV show in Colorado, <laughs> please give me your call. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this that you know, that stay local. Yeah, agreed. The president is the person that backs what we say. Mm-hmm. You know. Congress has, we, we've learned this. Congress has the power. Congress has so much and power. And there's so many people that are probably laughing and politicians that are laughing going, yeah, that's why it's what it is. Right. That's why all the lobbyists go there. Yeah. That's It's literally the most powerful place. It's the most powerful part of our government. And that, you know, the president has veto power, but that's, even then, it's a check and balance on that. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, that's that's how we can drive the idea of what your duty is. And it's like the the duty of voting has, has become uh, imperative to the success of democracy. Like, yeah, you know, we've always tried to hold ourselves as a, a standard for democracy. And, and what we've obviously learned, a lot of us in the last 10 years, is that we are such a flawed democracy. Yeah. That, that it could be painted as even... It's an oligarch. Yes, it's an oligarchy. It's really where we live. Um, and that's why it's like, why why the progressive left is, is, is actually gaining some traction. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, that was going to happen. Right. When you start just seeing rich people get richer and richer and richer, and it becomes, you know, 1% of the economy is... Right. Of wealth, like the... And people- 75% of the wealth belongs to 1% of the country. Right. It's like, uh, that's not that's what not governing is right. supposed to help either. No. You know, but I think if we can, you know, the duty of, because of, of, I, when I went to vote um, for mayor, last, not, not, not this last election, the election before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, I started crying after I voted. It was crazy. Like, I just welled up with this emotion as I'm walking out because I, I was looking around, you know, and. You know, it's cool. Like, you live in a, a, a place like Queens and, like, you see everybody. And you see there are six, you know, different interpreters there to help people yeah. understand wow. what they're voting for. Mm-hmm. And these are U.S. citizens. Let me be very clear. Yeah. That these are citizens of this country. And they have people there to translate, to help them vote. And it was just this thing of, like, walking out going, man, when this thing works, when it, when it fits the ideal... 
it's just incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you walk away from that, and that's the, that that's where that sense of duty kind of aligned with me. Right. If I could, if we can talk to young voters and, and, and let them understand, like, dude, I know it seems like your vote doesn't matter, but your vote absolutely matters. matters. Yeah. To me, it's like. Like voting for Hillary Clinton and walking out of that election booth um, was, that was that moment for me. And I can only liken it to like being in a theater watching a really good play and everybody is with you. You can feel it in the audience. You can feel there's like a connection between the people on stage and the people in the audience. And it's. There's, it's like a living being mm-hmm. that's like been created from the shared experience with everybody in this room. And that's, that's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. And that sense of duty, I think, is hard to impart. You know, it's, it's hard to describe that. It's hard to impart that to anybody when you're talking about, okay, I have to go in this store and then talk to this person and get them to find my name on the roll. And then I got to mm-hmm. take this piece of paper, mark a thing, and put it in the machine, and I get a sticker. I don't understand, like, it doesn't sound that exciting, but it's the, it's, it's like once you're there, once you're there you and get through right. the bullshit, get through the bullshit and once do you it, go to your little pod, right, do it, it's like, take oh, your yeah. illegal picture and then, <laughs> which I've always done, um, and then, you know, as long as you don't post didn't, it, who didn't knows, Trump do that during the election, like, didn't he? Take a picture, or did Melania take a somebody? Somebody, somebody I'm took sorry, a picture. Take a photo, or maybe it was one of his kids. I think it was Aaron. Eric took a photo <laughs> of his ballot, and it's yes, like, dude, Eric. that's and illegal. Twitter, and it's right. illegal. Yeah, Eric, but, Eric, um, but just that, stop. Still waiting. Stop. I'm still waiting on that God, on that court best. case. Yeah, but it's the best SNL character I think I've ever seen. Yes. The Trump, the Trump brothers. I think the Beavis and Butthead comparison is pretty. I, I, mean, oh, I don't know if you've seen that. And, mm-hmm. Spot on. You're a little young for Beavis and Butthead. Uh, no, I know Beavis I and know. Butthead. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just, was, I was just joking because I was like, I "You're 25, I'm 42." That was in my high school years, so no, but, no, I, but I mean, yeah, they. Yeah. I just thought that one was pretty close to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that was yokels. Yeah. Um, 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 well, then how do we right? So in this equation, right? The duty is the is it's. It, you know, when you're reading, when you're breaking the sentence, it's what is missing, and it's the duty. Yeah. So that that sense of duty, I think, yeah. you know, you can get that number up. I, I'd be interested, yeah. you know, to see how that would get the vote. Yeah. Because it feels like it's so, so essential for us and our community and sort of like the, the, the bubble that we live in, you know, but... I think the reality check is going to be like, is it affecting middle America? Uh-huh. You know, do they feel the same urgency? I mean, probably not, but do they feel it a little bit more than they did at the last? I think they do. And again, I think mm-hmm. that's why I think that's why Democrats are running specifically on health care. Yeah, because yeah. that is definitely no matter who you are, you're going to feel it. From, yeah. You're going to feel it. Yeah. But I think it, it, that's what's going to affect middle America. Yeah. Is, is yeah. health care. And, and, you know, you, you talk. Yeah. Economic. Comfort? I don't, I don't, yeah. Wrong, well, I, I think the thing, and I don't think this just applies to middle America, but I think it's true across the, the board. I mean, I know I feel it, and I live in New York. The, the feeling that, like, you, you your work has, st- you know, you've, you've put in the same number of hours, mm-hmm. you're productive, whatever, but your actual real rate, real wages aren't increasing, and in fact, when you factor in inflation, they're declining. Decline. Yeah. 
But I think there are other things that the Democrats, if they really wanted to dig in and create an economic message that resonated with folks, no matter if if you lived in New York or if you live in Missoula, like it yeah. would affect you and you would understand it in a real way that would help your family. Right. And I think when we're talking about a sense of duty, I think that's part of one of the first things we have to do is to kind of reach, you know, take the Howard Dean approach and do the 50 state <laughs> 50 state approach, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't mean like, get up and scream yeehaw? I don't mean scream yeehaw. Can you, can you, can you believe now, like, in book back, that that was an issue? Yeah. <laughs> that that actually, that actually, sac- like, he lost Sacked his campaign. He lost his campaign he because yeehaw. he screamed yeehaw <laughs> at a rally. The I man lost before. his campaign. Right. Lost his campaign because he yelled yeehaw. <laughs> Oh, I want those man. standards back. I know. Oh. Um, Dan Quayle and potato. I don't know if you guys remember that. Dan Quayle. I remember Dan Quayle. I don't remember when potato. He, was, he, he spelled potato with an O-E at the end instead of just no. Oh, and they teed off on how stupid he was. And like, it was a big story. I remember that happening. And that was the standard. That was the bar that was set, which was, if you can't spell potato, you don't belong <laughs> in public office. I think that's the name of the episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now that being said, they still won office, and so that he was still the vice president of the United States, right. America. So, so God bless America. Whether that that media story was big or not, they they won that fight. They won that fight. Maybe that's when we should have started paying attention. That's literally that was the red flag. The minute that the, I think we all the minute missed. the O and OE got through, got a pass. That's we should when have. We're like, no, the ethics are over. The ethics are over. It's gone. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hope we talked about stuff you guys wanted to talk about. I talk a lot. No, this is great. <laughs> we, this has been so great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess the most important, great. right, is, is uh, go vote. Yeah. Everybody, go and, in every election, always. Hope yeah. that voting becomes a part of your everyday not, I mean, not every day, but like your every year experience. Yeah. You yeah. know, primaries and generals. School yeah. boards. School boards. Community. Railroad commissioners. Yes. Look up what it means. Yeah. County commissioners. Any, any, anything that's affecting where you live yeah. in that moment. Understand, man, when you, you know, when you get a paycheck and you're looking at, you see a number and it's your state tax taken out and you're like, I don't know where that tax is. Where is it going? Just know it's going somewhere somewhere in the community, somewhere in your state, somewhere, and you try to find out where, and then find out who's voting for what. And, and, and then after that, pay attention. Pay attention. Keep an eye on the ball. Keep an eye on the ball. Um, Mike, thank you for coming. Do you thank want to tell us me. when the new season of Orange comes out? Well, I, 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 I don't you? know like the, the exact date. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be summer of 2018. 19. Uh, 2019, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> This is also a time travel podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, 2019. 2019. Um, it was, you know, just recently announced it is our last season. I know. Um, really. It's I'm tough, really man. It's, it's been an, uh, it's an awesome, awesome show. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it'll come out then. That's that's all I'm working on right now. Amazing. It's just being part of an amazing uh, group of people that, you know, it's fun to show up to work every day and, and see uh, how what we do is affecting every part of the the human structure of this country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will say we I, are represented on that show. Uh, that is to me an ideal. Yeah, 
And now, would you like to tell us any spoilers? Any spoilers yeah. uh, to, uh, <laughs> go through to your scripts? Yeah, the only, the only spoiler is that it's our last season, which is no longer a spoiler. No but longer spoiler. no, man, I don't want to give anything away. But I, I will say, watch because it's it's going to be powerful. And um, one thing that they are amazing, our writers are amazing, is is writing to the times. So yeah, uh, you know, yeah. it'll be felt. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, for Thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime.